and we're back. And Chris has got a topic for us this week. Oh, Carl is here as well. Didn't introduce him. Chris and Carl are <laughs> Hello. here. And me, the usual trio. We should have had a fourth one, but we, I, we, she's rescuing squirrels or something today, so we don't know where she is. Sounds about right. Um, Chris, what's your topic? Uh, so nature v. nurture. Are you like, as a kid or when you're born, you have no prejudice and you, you have nothing at that point. You're, you're, you're a blank, blank slate. So, are you born going to be like a uh, like racist or a sexist or even a serial killer, or is it your completely your environment and it's everything around you that kind of molds you to be that person? I think it could be a bit of both because, I mean, how many serial killers have there been where their parents have been serial killers as well? I'm not familiar with that. It's, it's like the parents no. have been sort of normal people and have never harmed uh, uh, anything and then his son turns out to be a serial killer and kills 10 people for no reason i think there's something fundamentally missing or wrong with your with the brain itself it's like if you i can't remember the specific area but there's if you take the scan of a, the brain of a normal person and scan the brain of a serial killer there's clear differences in like brainwave pattern and activity in certain areas but if you I know it's impossible to tell, but if you did that when they were like, say, five years old, would that brainwave still be different, or is it something along the line that's changed their their way, their wave almost? So, question. could you predict it? Is what you're saying then? Yeah. Could you scan a brainwave scan of all newborn babies and say, oh, yeah. this this nut is going to be, uh, we need to dispose of this one now? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, don't don't let the government find that because no. they'll start doing it. But but even if if even if you could, and it's not just about disposing, I mean. You can prevent it, and you can help them, and you can target that person, knowing that something's going to happen. If you see what I mean, and stop it. Can so you? They, well, surely you can. Can you? Can you fix that? I mean, if it's, if it's a brain defect, if it's something different in your brain, how do you fix that and say, right, oh, we'll fix this now? Oh, I, fixing, I think, is the wrong word. I think it's more just helping, supporting that person to try and make sure they don't go down that path. If that makes sense. Have you seen the TV show Dexter? Uh, I've watched like an episode or two of it. Yeah, I watched some. I couldn't really. Mm-hmm. Get that's into the whole it. premise of what happens to him. I think he's two years old, like a, a totally normal two-year-old baby, and then him and his brother get kidnapped. And so does his mum. It's she's a drug trafficker. They both get kidnapped. They're all put in a shipping container, and then in front of him and his brother, his mum gets butchered with a chainsaw. So, so he starts off as a normal two-year-old, and then he sees that, and then that completely transforms. Yeah, exactly. So that would him. be so it's sort of like a significant trauma. Yeah, that, that's a nurture thing, then not yeah. a nature thing. So yeah, yeah, he's changed his ways because of experiences yeah, he's had. Yeah. Exactly. So, so then he becomes totally, he becomes a shell of the person he was. He has no emotions, no yeah. feelings, but because of that significant trauma in his life, he feels the need to kill people because whatever happened to him, to his brain during that period of time. It left him completely yeah. broken. But he, he kills other killers, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he kills the bad guys. He, he gets adopted by a police officer, and the police officer knows that this is going to be who he is for the rest of his life. He can't change that, so he tries to point him in the direction of sort of a vigilante hero. Then he kills other serial killers rather than just killing random people, which will what would have happened yeah. if he wasn't brought up in that environment. So again, okay. that's a classic nurture. Yeah, exactly. Thing. So Even though it's not the great outcome, he's still a killer. He's a prolific serial killer himself, but worst of the two scenarios. Well, he sounds like he's doing humanity a favour. Yeah. yeah. But you can argue that he shouldn't be playing God and so on and so no, forth. No, no, he shouldn't. He has no right to do that, but at least it's the better way than some innocent victim who yeah. has... Well, it's a TV wrong. show as well, yeah, so yeah. it's completely yeah, yeah. But the point is that it that was a classic nurture example where he suffered a significant trauma in his childhood, early childhood, which which basically impacted the development of his yeah. mind for the so rest it, of his it, life. And that's what I'm saying, is that I mean it could be something really small, like I said, as a two year old and you you watch something on TV that does it and that changes your mentality straight away. So is it that you are born like it or is it purely environmental? So I think you, there's probably going to be cases of both. That This is like sort of the serial killer aspect. Being racist or bigoted or things like that, I don't personally think you're born no, that so. way inclined because it doesn't seem like something that you would be able to fathom at that age anyway. That's an, that's an opinion that you develop of people 
and so on and so forth. So if you've got racist parents and a racist family, it's very likely that you're going to end up being a racist yourself. Yeah. Might not, but yeah. Yeah. So it is, are we saying nurture then? It's nature? For the most part. I think for the most part it's nurture. But then some of it's got to be... I just I can't believe that, 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 that as a child you're born going to do something. Like you said with the brainwaves, I can't believe that you're instantly going to be a serial killer or you're instantly going to be something like that. It has to be complete environmental. Because otherwise, where's, where's the hope for humanity if we think that, that? It depends if you're born with a medical defect. Like some, like people have developed sort of tumours or abscesses in their brain which has caused them to become serial killers. Because yeah. the tumour or the abscess... It, it stops certain things or certain functions yeah. in your brain and then all of a sudden, for no reason, you just become a serial so killer. So I suppose that part would be classed as nature then. Yeah. Yeah, so, but that was, that's at a medical extreme rather than just the person. I sense. think for the most part, it's going to be nurture. Very few babies are born with defects that would cause them to become, I guess, sociopaths or psychopaths yeah. or, or you know, people of that nature. But yeah, for the most part, it's nurture. And then there's a small percentage of people who are born as serial killers because of a medical defect that yeah. causes their brain to act in a certain way. See, prejudices and racism and stuff like that, that that's got to be down to nurture, is not it? That's culture. It that is what, yeah. you've, what you've heard, what you've seen. So, you know, like at the moment, obviously, it's all anti-racism. Everything is always anti-racism. Is that going to have a negative effect then? Is people going to get fed up of seeing that as you grow up watching it and it's going to have... The negative, it's going to be the opposite. It's not going to make you anti-racist. It's going to make you more racist because you're seeing it constantly, especially to, I hate to say it, but white males. At the moment, it seems like we're the bad guys all the time. We can't do anything. Oh, else. absolutely, yeah. And so, middle-aged white males at the moment are yeah. e- evil incarnate. Yeah. yeah. So is that going to have a negative, <clears throat> excuse me, is that going to have a negative effect? It already is, I think. Yeah. I think a lot of men feel... that they can't it's we've we've mentioned it before about these different phrases that these extreme feminists have for men you know toxic masculine i know there's different connotations attached to toxic masculinity it's not just men seen as being men's masculinity is seen as being aggressive and unnecessary it's about the I guess the oppression of men being able to express themselves in a certain way. Like that conversation we were having about that kid who loves theatre and stuff like that. That's other people making fun of him because of a, a such an arbitrary choice would be classed as toxic masculinity because they're trying to compare him to this ideal that, oh, he's a man, he can't enjoy yeah. something that's seen as maybe a little camper than what people perceive it to be. But it's, it's such a pointless thing. He likes theatre. Cool. It makes no difference. He likes this or he likes that or he likes wearing this or whatever. It it just doesn't make it doesn't make a difference whatsoever. So I think that's definitely a culture thing. I think yeah. people people have been born or had parents that are potentially just horrible people. Like you have these men who keep propagating this false ideal of manhood that you've got to be Johnny Lumberjack and stuff like that where it's total absolute bollocks but they then they then push that on their kids so they push their kids to be something that they wish they could have been it's the classic case of the parents just hammering their kids to be something that they couldn't be or they failed to be in life you see those parents like when you when I was a kid and you'd go to play football there was always that one parent who was an absolute psychopath they wanted their kid to be the next Ronaldo and that poor kid probably wanted to be something completely different and they were just their parents were so set on their child being something no doubt yeah. that kid got the, the pressure and but yeah. yeah you know he got problems later on <coughs> and i think that's where it stemmed from it's poor parent and they push these kids into an area or they push these kids into something and then they just develop these terrible perceptions would you say it's poor parenting or would you say it's uneducation so the parents don't understand how to how how to deal with some kids so they just try and project it on the kids on how they want to be, if that makes sense. I think sometimes stupid parents are not, no, not. Are not the best. <clears throat> if you, un- uneducated parents 
if you've got a racist, uneducated parent, they're not going to understand the fact that they are racist and that they shouldn't be pushing their kid down the same sort of stream as them. And then the kid's going to grow up. So how would you com- how would you fight that? Would you would you want your teachers or your other peers around that person to try and guide them in the right way? I mean, that's probably the best option, but it'd be that's all you can do. I think it's just, it's just going to slowly disappear over time. The more educated people get, and the more resources there are available to these kids, hopefully like they can get so. out of that over time. Yeah. You can't some of those stupid parents are set in their ways. You know, there's nothing you can do to change them, but you've got to try and educate the children. Mm. This is why school needs to be much more diverse than it is now. It's, it's the same arbitrary crap that it has before. You need to learn maths and the fundamentals of science. I've got no arguments against those. But then when it comes to other areas of schooling, history, you can argue, do you want to learn more about the earth? You can choose to do that. But there needs to be more topics available to children. It's when you reach that A-level stage where you can start picking topics that you want to I learn. I personally say forward. before that. Or maybe even before. I would say a lot, I would say before that just purely because then if you think about it, when you get to the A-level stages, then it's uni and you start to think about where you go in your life and all that. If you do that at a younger age, you can have a better idea, whereas people go to uni now have no idea what they're doing there, get a degree and then go and work in Tesco's because they don't know what they're doing with their life. Whereas if you gave them the option of, well, these, these, these are the range of subjects we've got. We've got hundreds of different things that you can choose from um, or you know, choose your route now and see what, how it goes and don't put any pressure on them because that, that's the other thing as well. You're instantly putting pressure on with exams, choosing where you're going to go. They're like, what, 10, 11 years old and it's kind of like now you've got to choose where you're going to go for the next 50 years. Well, no one's going to know that at that age. All they want to do is run around like idiots and especially like... Pick tech subjects that they have yeah, no idea. Yeah, exactly. They're going to they're pick the things that they know they can miss about in and, and do bollocks in. So, I mean... It needs to change. The school system definitely needs to change. I, I think philosophy system. needs to be taught in school as well. Sort of a framework for life mm. at a young age. You need to learn more about politics when you're younger. You need to learn more about just adult. Schools should teach you to be a functioning adult, not yeah. just to pump you through exams and then spit you out into university for a th- random topic. I think that's the right way, actually. I think that's what you just said there is right. It should be teaching you how to be an adult, not teaching you how to have a career. Because that's that you can do that later on in life. I mean, I still, I personally think that going to uni at age of eighteen is, is too young. Because at that age, oh, what are you doing? Getting drunk, having sex, doing drugs, doing stupid things. You know, and you just basically sales pitch the university to an eighteen year old. What would you? Why would you not want to yeah, go to true. uni to do true. all that stuff? But you, I mean, you can do that without going to uni, can't you? So I mean, I, I think there needs to be a change in it because. There's too much pressure on kids. There's the, the it, it's just not working. Well, ironically, well, university is. degrees now are just as they you for, for the most part they're useless because yeah. you know you know say 50 years ago if you had a university degree in something you were at the top of your field already because not many people were going to university. People were leaving school to get trade jobs like plumbers and carpenters and things like that, which is which is an amazing thing to do now because we've gone the total opposite. Everyone's going to university to get degrees in computer science or whatever. And that means that only a very small percentage of those people are actually going to go into the jobs and the fields that they would want to, earning high salaries and whatnot, where everyone else just falls into the, the sort of median where they're just scrabbling for a job. And a lot of those jobs are being centered around like corporations joining companies to do this and do that. Whereas, you know, the trades jobs are in demand now. We need more plumbers. We need more brickies. We need people like that because they're seen as less than these career type options. When in mm. fact they're not f- far from it. I've I've just had recently had my kitchen done and it cost a fortune <laughs> for the plasterers and the workmen to come in and do these different jobs. And I was talking to one of them and he said, "Yeah, you know, we charge roughly around three grand for a kitchen, which takes about." anywhere from a week to two weeks depending on what needs to be done and yeah you know that's one kitchen he does two kitchens a month for six grand yeah that's a lot of money obviously after tax and uh, after tax and the business expenses and stuff like that but he's still earning like three four grand a month just and he he was the nicest guy in the world he'd come in have his tools chuck the radio on singing doing his job having Mm. a whale of a time and then at the end of the day he just put his tools down go home, come back, pick up where he left off from yesterday, not taking his work home or anything like no. that. 
all right, he stayed a little bit later towards the end just to finish off because he was going on holiday. But that was just because he was going on holiday. He just wanted to get things done. Yeah, you don't mind spending a little bit of time. Yeah. If it, that's, that, that's your choice then if you want to spend that much time. If you want yeah. to just go home, you can go home. And, you know, he was his own boss. He would come in, he would start whenever he wanted, finish whenever he wanted. As long as he was getting the job done, he it was is. happy. Yeah. What a perfect way to live. And we, when you're pushing these kids into these corporate environments, it's not, Right, well, you've got to come in when we tell you to come in. You've got to do what we tell you to do. You're not the boss of your own life anymore. It, it, does, it is very heavy university, even now as far as I'm aware. It's very, very heavily based. You need to go to uni. You need to go to uni. When I was in school, it was always, go to uni, otherwise you're not going to get a job, basically. Yeah. I remember talking to the career advisor that I wanted to do. I can't remember what I said I wanted to be, but uh, he just was like, oh, if you need to do that, you need to go to uni. I was like, well, surely not. I'm not that. I'm not that intelligent. I'm not going to go to uni. What, what other way? Yeah. No, nope, nope. You've got to go to uni. I wanted to join the army when I was 16 because I hated school. Yeah. Absolutely despised it. So I went to Korea's office. I said I was good with computers, though. That was the one thing that I was always good with. I said, well, if you go to university to get a degree first, get a degree, come out and then join the army as like an engineer in the RAF or whatever it was. I never did. I. <laughs> by the time I finished uni, I was like, I can't be asked that. No. Yeah. So I always wonder what would have happened if I had just joined the army anyway. And, you wouldn't be sitting here. I probably wouldn't, though. <laughs> I would have retired yeah. right now with a nice, sweet <laughs> army pension. Yeah. 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 And I'm yeah. stuck in a corporation. See, I'm never convinced that actually going to university is a good idea. I'm not convinced. No, I'm not, anyway, it, no. It's one thing getting a degree because it shows your dedication and how much stuff you know about that particular subject. So I sort of get that. But my advice, personally, I never went to uni. But my personal thing would be, well, leave school, get a job. Straight away in whatever field that you're interested in, you know, you're gonna have to start at the bottom, obviously, get the experience, work your way up. But in the meantime, if you want to do a degree in that particular topic or whatever, then you can do the open university, you know, you can do online courses, you can still do your degree, but you're also getting hands on experience and you're earning money. Because the weird thing is that after getting a degree and going into these types of environment, everything that I learned in my degree doesn't necessarily relate to what I needed to know when you joined these companies. Most of it is just learning the, about the company itself. So if you if you start from the bottom, let's say you leave school at 16 and you join, let's take a tech company and you join as an entry-level job like on the service desk taking calls. After five years of doing that, not only are you experienced with the company itself, the tools they use, the people, the general nature of how things yeah. work, by the time you're 21, and you get promoted to something else. You're 21. You've just been promoted from a service desk to like a technical analyst or something, earning like 24, 25 grand, and you're 21 years old. And then do that another five years, you get promoted to like a senior technical executive or whatever the f they call themselves these days. And you're 26. You know, you've, you've taken that time. So you've spent 10 years from leaving school to learn a craft, you're now earning like 35, 36,000 in the Bridgend area, take that as an example, yeah. and you're 26 years old. I mean, that's, you can't get a better scenario than that. Whereas if you went to university, you're leaving at 21, 22, you've got no experience of the working you're in world. Debt. You're in debt. All you know is learning, revising, passing exams. So when you join a company, and again, because you're in that pool of people who have also gone to university, unless you finish in that top 1%, you're going to have to start from the bottom anyway. Yeah. So you've just wasted like four years of your life. I, I, I think, I think um, experience far outweighs... Uh, absolutely. I suppose knowledge in this case. But because when you have the experience, you build your knowledge as well. I mean, university is great. If you want to learn to be a programmer or whatever, university teaches you all the fundamentals. But if your sole goal from universities to join a company, I would honestly say, scrap uni, join the company as a desk analyst or whatever you want to do, and then take night classes or in your spare time, just clear yourself up, do yeah, some self-learning. Yeah. Save yourself all the stress and hassle of university whilst being, whilst proactively learning and on the job experience and earning money at the same time as well. It might not be a lot, but it's, it's better than nothing. Better than hemorrhaging money into a university. And the way of thinking has changed over the years as well. It, it was not so long ago, or perhaps it just doesn't seem like not so long ago to me, if you would, if once you got four, over 40, you had no chance of getting a job. If you were out of work, you had an open hell. Yeah. Oh, he's over 40 now, you've got no chance, because they wanted people younger on the assumption, which was wrong at the time, uh, but on the assumption, that, well, if we take people on in their 20s and 30s, we can train them up how we want them, and they'll be here till they, re they retire. Yeah. Which is not the case. 
because people will always sort of move on to other roles or to other companies for more money, better conditions, work, yeah. live in a different area. Nowadays, a lot of the companies value the experience that older people have got. And yeah. like Chris just said now, the experience uh, uh, outweighs sort of paper qualifications. Absolutely, in, definitely. In, in that, in, now they'll take <coughs> on people that are 50 and 60 and whatever because they've got a few years left out of them. And they know... You know, a metric ton more than these kids you leave in university who know absolutely nothing. Yeah. You know, they've been working in the industry for what, 30 years, and they've just left a position. I can imagine they'd be snapped up in an instant. And they're probably more loyal and they're, they're probably more switched on on the fact of we have to go to job, go to work, you can't get drunk the night before, and that sort of stuff. I'm not saying it's always the case, but that mm-hmm. side of it, the old, the, 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 uh, the more experienced person will understand that, the older person will understand that they have they have a commitment. Whereas if you're young and you're, you're dumb, then you're not going to have that same idea of well, you're not commitment. as loyal to the company. Most youngsters would probably see it as just a job. And that's why a lot of kids leave university. Very few people would leave and go right. Or they'd have the sensibility at 16 to go right. If I join the entry-level job, I'll spend my time reading or educating myself to be better and then in a couple of years, I'll push myself for a promotion. You don't think about that when you're 16. No. When you leave school, I'm not 16, sorry. Well, yeah, you would leave school at 16, eight, but then you'd go, uh, right, if I stay on... It's 18 now. You have to leave, You have to be in education until you're 18 now. You can't leave at 16 anymore. Uh, you have to either be in school or in college. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's, they've changed, that. Yeah, they changed it about a year, I think last year, the year before that, that you have to be in school until you're 18 now. Or in education or an apprenticeship or an internship or something like that. I understand because we've had this conversation before about 16. Mm. It's a weird, you can do things at 16, but then everything seems to push you towards being 18 as well. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I think everything, it makes more sense for 18, because technically then you're an adult, your brain is more fully developed, it's, it's, it should really technically be 18 for most things. Because if, you, if you're, if you can have a kid at 16. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the thing, it doesn't make sense. Surely that's the most, one of the most adult things you yeah. can do at that age. Yeah, it does. It, 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 it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense at all. You can have a kid, but you can't drink. So you can ruin your life, but you can't actually ruin your life. You but you can drink at 16 as well. Yeah, that's what probably leads to most of the kids being born, but I just don't get it. No, I don't. The, the, the age thing baffles me. It doesn't make any sense, any of it. So kids have to go to a sort of higher education then until they're 18. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if it's A-level, if it's in college. You, so you can get an apprenticeship or internship as well, um, but you have to. it has to be something... Um, educated related basically so you can't leave school at 16 and get a job and work there you have to do it when you're 18 which I, I can understand to a point but at the same time it should be the choice you either you have to either get a job or you stay in like it used to be but you you have to do it right, is that a government thing to say right we're not going to pay you unemployment benefit I believe so yeah, until because there was eighteen or over. Yeah, because yeah, I think there was quite. Because originally it was you had to have like three GCSEs um, to to get employment benefits uh, at the age of sixteen, um, and I think there was quite a few people who literally just decided they weren't going to bother going to work and they weren't going to bother with school or college or anything, and literally just went straight on to benefits at the age of sixteen, and that's what they try to to discourage. Basically, is now that you have to kind of, which I suppose kind of works because. If, especially like apprenticeships and internships. If you're already in there, the likelihood is you're going to stay there. And that takes that person then away from ever going on benefits unless they actually have to. But And, and it's the same as colleges and, and, and staying in school. You're more likely to probably find something that you like, especially in college. College is such a relaxed place compared to school that you're more likely to find something that you want to do and you might find a job <clears throat> while you're there to keep keep yourself going. I think it's the... The mandatory element of it. So if you find an apprenticeship at 16, for example, do you still have to do some sort of educational well, something for two years? Generally speaking, the apprenticeship you have to do, they, they send you to college and stuff, don't they? Generally speaking. Yeah, I did. I did an apprenticeship. You do like I, a day in college and then day. four days on site or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I did an apprenticeship as a car mechanic when I left school. So I was 16 and I started um, in a Ford main dealership. And we would have a couple of months where we'd go into the class every day. Mm. Um, and then we'd have a couple of months then where we'd be back in the garage, <coughs> actually hands-on. Yeah. Uh, and then I think one of the years, it was it was day release. So we'd be, once a week, we would go into the classroom environment, 
and the rest of it you you'd be on the job training. So it was a bit it was a bit of both with us. Yeah. For, um, yeah. And that's, that's that's part of the education side of it, then, so it works. But I think apprenticeships are much more practical than than classroom education. Like what you said there is the perfect combination of book and practical learning. Yeah. Yeah. You do maybe two days and you start off doing five days, then they whittle that down to put you on on site to do things. And then like over the two years, you've got the perfect combination of on job experience and book qualifications to walk into a mechanic and go, right, yeah, I've been an apprenticeship for two years, done this, done this, I know the basics. You're much more likely to get a job then going through the apprenticeship process than someone who's come out of uni who knows, oh, yeah, I know everything about cars and everything like this. Have you got any practical experience? Well, no, I've been to uni. Well, we're just going to take the guy that's come from the apprenticeship then. Yeah, it makes yeah, much more yeah. sense to pick that person. I don't know how I'm going to word this, but say you were talking about the, the going straight into a job and working your way up. Would it work or on everything? So say if you want to be a nurse and you were, say, say 18, and you wanted to be a nurse, you knew you wanted to be a nurse, so rather than going to uni and doing it that way, would it be, do you think it could be possible to just join the job at a low level and learn slowly as you're going, if that makes sense? So within a year, you might only, you you won't really, you'll only be shadowing for most of it, for like six, seven months or, or a year. And then the next year, then that's when you start learning how to start actually doing things. I, I thought I mean? that's what they did anyway. You have to get uni. You have to go to uni to become a nurse now. They used to do it that way. Oh, right. But you, you have to, because that's why I went back to, to college, is to get the, degree, the qualifications to go to uni to do nursing. Um, but they do it on, so it's like, I think, two days in like a classroom, and then they, they work in the hospitals as well. And so they are student nurses. So they do do stuff, but they, they have to then go through three years of uni as well at the same time, and they have to do loads of actual classroom work and so is that what you went to college for yeah i went to, i went to college to get a um what was it it's a, a, a diploma to help me get into nursing why aren't you in nursing then because i, I it's too much stress for me it was not the nursing side of it i love medical medicine i love the idea of being a nurse my, my my dream job was always to be a surgeon the idea of Cutting people open just sounds amazing. That go two ways. <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, I, with I was working pretty much a full time job and trying to study and trying to go to college. It was just a lot of stuff. And yeah, mentally, I just, yeah, and I, I could. I was working. Well, I'd, I'd be in college from uh, nine o'clock till four o'clock, and then be in work from five till midnight, and then just do the same thing the next day. And I'd have like one day off. Like a Thursday or a Friday. Was you working over that pub, weren't you? Yeah, and I'd work every day, pretty much. Wow. Because I couldn't couldn't afford not to. We were in our house. We, we needed the money, and I couldn't afford not to 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 work basically. And That's I'd work every stressful. weekend, and I'd work every bank holiday and every Christmas. Well, I say every Christmas, one Christmas that I worked there, but every bank holiday was, I'd had to work. Did that cause arguments? Yeah, massive, massive, massive stress. Out the house all the time, tired when you go home. Yeah, massive amount of stress and. And money is a massive stressor as it is. Everyone hates talking about money. I hate talking about money because it's horrible. But and that's something that we should talk at school. Actually, talking about well, financial management. Yeah. yeah, but just talking about it as well would be a good idea. I think just like I said, philosophy. Just talking about things. Actually, opening up people rather than trying to make them into mindless idiots. Who is it? I saw someone the other day. He's from Dogma, and I can't remember his name. Kevin James? No, no, no. The the um, he's the priest, uh, with Buddy Christ. I can't remember. He's a comedian. He is. He's hilarious. Um, he's the old guy in Dogma. George Carlin. Yeah, he's he um went on one of his stand ups the other day because he does very serious topics on his. um, But he's hilarious while he does it. He was saying that the the schooling system will never change because no one wants people to be free free thinking and uh, they want them to be robots and that's exactly what schools do they teach everyone exactly the same in the same manner and if it's not the way that it suits them you're outcast and he's got a point I don't don't think we're at all prepared when we leave school to to go into life in general and day to day stuff I think we're nowhere near prepared for it nope like you say it's, it's just you know what 
it's, it's geography, like this this country is you and the capital is that and there's history, this is what used to happen. But okay, that, that stuff might be convenient at some point. But then you go into the, a pub quiz. the, the yeah. real yeah, a pub quiz. You go into the real world about how to manage, you know, prejudices, racism, and all that sort of stuff. And you know, we don't discuss why why it's wrong, why people have different opinions on it, why some people are racist. You know, let's try and get behind what their reasonings for it are, and all this sort of stuff. I, there's, there's none of that. I, I, I'm a, I, what you said, Adrian, I think is probably the best thing to do is, is don't teach someone to go into a job or a career teach them just to be an adult just teach them to leave be an school and the first thing that happens is life just wallops them across yeah. the face and they're totally unprepared and, for and whatever comes their way when you when you can go to a bank and get a, a loan just like that really easily no one actually explains to you that you've got to pay things back and you've got the interest rates and this that and the other and you've got to learn all that you're on on your own pretty much and it's, it's horrible well, the to schools, do. Are, they're quite a safe environment for learning and things like that, but it's the wrong type of learning. So when you leave that safe space and go into the real world, you need to be prepared for the fact that not everyone is going to be as nice to you as they were in school. No. There are horrible people in the world. You need to know how to deal with them, the horrible topics, the things that happened. It's not, you know, they sort of treat you to be this sort of, they wrap you in cotton candy in school and they teach you all this arbitrary stuff <coughs> and they, they throw you into the world and you have absolutely no idea yeah. what's going on. You just get totally so, swept up like everyone else in the current. We say the nurture of school is crap. I think so. I, th- I don't think it. I don't think it teaches kids enough about the world, the environment that they're going to be into when they're older. The fundamentals of being an adult doesn't teach you anything. It just teaches you to pass exams learn about a specific topic that you may or may not be interested in and then go off to higher education. Making you a robot. It's taking away that that free will, that ability to think on your own and and choose to a point what you want to do. It's kind of forcing you down a road where you conform then to society because you've basically been told to. Philosophy is my thing for schools. Yeah. Even when you read about it, it was a like, you know, thousands and thousands of years ago, it was a fundamental topic that everyone partook in yeah. because it teaches you it teaches you to ask questions about everything, not just about life, but whatever topic that you're interested in or just situations in general. It, it teaches you a very good framework of asking questions and actually understanding things. So if you apply basic philosophical, philosophical <laughs> Philosophal. principles Philosophal. to <laughs> philosophical topics of different principles... And to different things, it teaches you to like, okay, this is a subject like racism, for example, you know, say, right, I'm going to learn more about racism. Why are people racist? Why do they do the things they do? Are there different reasons why they do this? You get to understand the topic of racism and the people that are involved and the reasons why people do the things they do rather than just having a a, a fundamental opinion of all racism is bad. Yeah. it's not enough. You need to know more about the topic. You need to know the deeper meaning behind it and why people are like why they yeah, are. People need to read more as well. People need to read a lot more. I'm very sympathetic with this, being of mixed race myself, because my father was Welsh, so my mother was English. Me too. So it's your mongrel. So you know. So <laughs> my, being my, my, my dad's English, my mum's. So being mixed race, this is a, a matter very Wenglish, close to my heart. You blessed snowflake, you. <laughs> <laughs> We've wandered off now from serial killers. Yeah. Well, we're still technically nature, nurture. The nurture side of it is the school side of it, which is, I still say, rubbish. I think it should need to change. It hasn't. Many, many things have changed over the years, but the schooling system hasn't really changed. Well, I can imagine the schooling system for someone who's born with psychopathic tendencies is going to be a terrible yeah. place to go. It, will ne- it would never be identified. They would probably just be labelled as something ADHD. that people can't deal with. That that's a thing that's guess that's been banded around so much these days. Yeah. If you've got an energetic child, oh, it's, it's ADHD. They don't want to understand, they don't want to understand the child or try yeah. and use that energy in a positive way. It's just yeah, ADHD. Yeah. And you drill them for a tablet. If you don't conform to that that structure, you're an outcast. No one cares about you. Teachers stop it. Uh, <coughs> stop giving you as much tension, and they go to the ones but, who. But it's it's mostly male children that diagnose with ADHD and. You know, people can think about that what they will, but it it seems that small male children have got far more energy than their female counterparts, and that's what boys tend to do. You tend to play, you roughhouse, you you just.
you generally be a bit more rowdy because that's that's what men tend to do. Tend to do when <laughs> yeah. they're younger. That's just the nature of how we grow up, and they're trying to they're trying to deter that behavior. Men, men are show offs, so they'll just show off in front of their friends. It doesn't matter yeah. what age you are; you still try and show off in front of people. Well, that's nature. If you watch any documentary. The females generally have most of the power when it comes to the mating element of whatever their species is, and the men have to prove themselves to get, yeah. the, you know, to get the best mates. This is the way nature works. So when kids are in school, they want to show off in front of all the girls, so they start roughhousing and wrestling and all that sort of stuff. And that's trying to be—they're trying to stop kids from doing that now. And if you're too active, you've got ADHD. If you start mucking around and fighting, or you just get suspended, or they'll tell you. But you've got to calm down or whatever it was. Yeah. And you're stifling that sort of masculine element element of childhood before it even starts. Yeah, kind of- Can I just say then, here, right, as we've established that Ian Brady and Myra Hindley were badly let down with the school system. Now, you saying about um, nurture and nature, th- but there are couples of serial killers, aren't there? There's like Fred and Rose West. Yeah. Um, Ian and Myra, to use the first names. They... Um, how would that happen? How would a couple like that get together? As one follow the other one? Or are they both born serial killers and just happen to think, oh, he's a serial killer. I really fancy him. Some admits, I, I don't know the dynamic between the couples. There's usually one who's more dominant and the other one just kind of tags yeah, along behind. They just anything. get swept up by this, quote, enigma of a person and then they go off to do horrendous things. So I don't know... It was the same as the West family as well, wasn't it? The Fred West and his wife. Fred and, and Rose. Yeah. Yeah. They did the same thing. I I, I think it's, it could be the case that one person is a dominant, so the other one just just submissive. So whatever they do, they, they follow, if that makes sense. But they must have a conscience of their own where they can say, well, yeah. Yeah, Fred, but some, some what people... What the fuck are you doing, Fred? <laughs> so some people just, just don't know, do they? they? They will follow the leader no matter what that leader is doing. That's, that's how but some people In very rare circumstances, think. they're both as equally as broken as the other one. Yeah. And they, in a fucked up way, they are the perfect couple because they're both horrendously broken individuals that come together and then they, as a couple, you know, where most couples would celebrate their love for each other by getting married and going out, maybe having a nice meal. These people go off and murder people and that's what they do as couples and they're totally, they're both complicit. They both know what they're doing. They're both fully aware of who they are. They just like, Killing people. Do you think with one then it was nature, born like it, and with the other one, nurture, because that's the environment they've now found themselves in? It could be different cases, yeah. yeah. Potentially. If, if they were both born with medical defects or there was clearly something wrong with them and that was never identified as they grew up, the fact that they found each other is a, is a miracle unto itself, that they both came together equally as broken and then realised that, they were the same type of people. That is the per- it's the perfect relationship in a sad yeah. way. And yeah, they just went off and killed people. They both knew what they were doing. They were, but they both were happy with it. And yeah, I think after they got caught, they showed no remorse whatsoever. It's like, yeah, we did it. And then they got locked yeah, away. Yeah, it was very much a yeah, we did it. Why not? Yeah, yeah. No, we know no, what we were no doing. Sympathy, we did no. it. We got no remorse, no sympathy. You know, they were tr- truly psychotic. When that's just a thing in the brain, that is, there's nothing you can do about that. And, and then that's a case then for as much as I said all along about capital punishment and the death penalty. I think it's a dangerous way to go. But then you look at people like that, and you think there's well, no rehabilitating them. They knew exactly. They knew it was them that did these murders. They've admitted they did these murders. There is no doubt anywhere in anybody's mind that it was them. So, okay, we've we've got to get rid of them. They, they, they've got to die. Yeah. and But then again, you're playing God then. It's you now deciding that someone needs to be killed and you're taking their lives away. So it's another dilemma. Well, the controversial yeah. one is paedophiles. Are you born a paedophile? Are you Do you develop these feelings as you grow up to be one? Is it right that they should start... Well, people, we all know how people feel about them. They say that they should be stoned to death, hung. Of all the crimes that you can commit... They are Anything that children the extreme examples and people that they should be burnt alive or, yeah. you know, decapitated in these horrific ways. But, you know, a fundamental question is how are these people, how do these people develop these feelings towards 
children or these inappropriate feelings that they shouldn't have? How do they, are they born with these feelings? Do they, are they brought up? Is it a trauma in some way that causes them to feel this way later in life? I really can't even How do people fathom? Why, yeah, I can't think, I just can't think of why people would do that. It's, it's, it's an odd one. Because I can understand being attracted to someone or another adult, but the idea of being attracted to a kid, is, 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 I, just, I can't fathom it. I can't figure out where that would come from because it's not like plastered all over TV. It's not something that your parents would ever talk about like that. It's not... It's a very taboo sort of yeah. topic. So I, 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 yeah, I can't figure out where, like you say, with serial killers, it could be the fact they've had a bad upbringing or some trauma related or something like that. But when it becomes to, to, to kids... No, I, I can't. Well, it, unless they just never grew up. Sorry, is, is, unless they, they, their mental state is still, or part of their part of their mental state is still at that age where they think it's acceptable to well, like Michael those Jackson kids. is a classic example of this. He yeah. was, his father was horrendously abusive to him and his brothers, and he never had a childhood because they found out he had this talent at a very early age, and as soon as that was, um, I guess, progressed, or exploited. as soon as that was exploited, yeah. That was it. His life was over from that point. He never had a chance to be a normal child. So when his father passed away and he became an adult, he then reverted back to this childlike state where he wanted to be the the kid that he never was. And that so many he was a broken, yeah, broken very, man. Very and broken. that is a horrible trial to childhood trauma. All right, yes, it's it's an illegal thing to do. But when you look at the evidence and the facts and what he went through, you can sort of go, okay. Bad, but you can understand why I he did it. I sort of understand yeah. how he ended up in that situation. Is it his fault? Yeah, see, I see. I, yeah, I, I would say no because his, his his father didn't teach him. There was no nurture there. There was just right. I've got a kid that can make me a lot of money. I'm going to exploit this kid to the best of my abilities and make sure that he doesn't have a life because I want a life. And that then is a failure of of education and parenting. So I I don't think you can. I don't think you can blame Michael Jackson. I don't think you can. Because based on the evidence and what happened to him, it, he was going to end up that way anyway. If something something horrible is going to happen to him based on his childhood, mm. and it just happened that he but the, the, the question is, if, if if his childhood was different and he didn't become a big star until he was like 21, 22 or something, when he's a bit more of an adult, would he have been like that? That's a fair question. I'd, I'd, I don't think he would have, to no. be honest. If he had a proper childhood, then he his mental state would have been better and he would have... And at the end of the day, when you're forced in front of the cameras at an early age as well, it's going to be massive issues. If you looked at what happens to all these childhood stars, Britney Spears, famous child, the Disney Club or whatever it is, 16, 17-year-old, she was on top of the music industry. Five, ten years later, she has a mental breakdown, shaves mm. her head and she nowhere to be yeah. seen. And Miley Cyrus had a breakdown. She was this sort of... And again, Disney childhood star had a breakdown. She went off the, not off the rails, but she went to an, a different extreme. Then she wanted to move away from this identity that she was forced to project. And she wanted to be her own person. Okay, she's not an extreme example. She seems to have recovered from that yeah. pretty significantly now. And she's got a fairly normal life. But I life. think any kid, if you gave any kid that much money and that much media attention and that much love from millions of people, they're going to snap. I would, I'm sorry, but if I was like, 15, 16 years old and given as much money as I could possibly ever need and then given everything for free on top of that, I would go nuts. Justin Bieber's Just an example nuts, of yes. this. And I, I don't blame them. And I hate people who are like, oh, they're awful for doing it. And I can't believe they're just wasting their lives. Oh, they're kind of forced into it. 16-year-old. He was, what, 16, 17 when he was the height of his fame. Yeah. He's got girls his age literally throwing themselves at him. They will do anything well, they did that cut for Bieber thing, didn't they? That yeah. went around for a while, which was just absolutely bonkers. So when you're 16, 17-year-old, you've got, I think he had something like $100 million in the bank, and you've got girls of your age, literally, they will do literally anything to be part of your life, even in the smallest regard, just to meet him. I'd be doing fucking cocaine. I would be doing <laughs> yeah. all sorts. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with you. I'd be off my face all the time, constantly. He you was wouldn't... crashing Lambos. He was doing yeah, drugs. He was drinking. I was and, like, and then you start rubbing yeah. shoulders with uh, like Floyd Mayweather, who's an absolute lunatic as well. Mike Tyson, people, people who are like being, being through that already. And now you're starting to rub shoulders with them. So, you know, you're going to go nuts. And you're already on that scene with those celebrities who are already doing that. So 
it just increases it. It's, it's nuts. I just look Crazy. at what he's done and gone, yeah, I probably would have done the yeah. same thing. Exactly. I, I, I can guarantee I would have done the same thing. I mean, off the rails. 17-year-old yeah. with $100 million, yeah. I'd be buying tigers, gorillas. Like yeah. I'd, <laughs> I'd have I'd my own zoo. Riding down the street on a horse, throwing things at people. I'm 17 yeah. year I've got $100 million. Yeah. I'm untouchable. And he was because he was one of the biggest celebrities in the music industry at the time. Absolutely untouchable. Uh. You just the people we just kind of mentioned have all been American, basically. I know that when obviously uh, the Harry Potter stars, the three main ones, uh, they weren't allowed to have any of their money until they were eighteen. They weren't allowed to touch. Was that a parental thing? Was it? It was. Uh, it was part of the contract that they weren't allowed to touch their money, basically. So the parents kind of put it in there, but they set up an account, and they, the parents then would give a certain amount of money to them. But it was only very low levels of money compared to what they were making. So when they were 18, they were given all this money, but they'd already had the knowledge and the ability to understand that they didn't need to go nuts because why Why would you? At the age of 18, you're kind of already experienced enough and your understanding is okay. So and that, those three have clearly kind of come out the other end of a very high-profile time for them, but the, the biggest time they've ever going to have in their entire lives, better. So is that what they need to start doing? Is that everyone should... parenting, I think. I, I don't think, I, th- I think it should be the, the company. So like Disney, for instance, they shouldn't be allowed to give money to um, someone who's under the age of 18 or 21 or that much money, if you see what I mean. So they should be promised that when you're turned 21, you will have your full amount. But up until that point, when you're 15 to, to, to 21, we, you will be paid a salary, but as like, obviously it could be a high salary, but it will only be a salary, if you see what I mean. And try and keep it very low level. I mean, even with, again, that, the, the Harry Potter stars, the media attention around them wasn't as big as it is around people like Justin Bieber and Miley Cyrus. They did the right thing with those three and they kept them very low all the way through it. And I think in Britain, we're better at doing that. Whereas in America, as soon as you're 10 years old and you sing like Justin Bieber, that's it, you're, 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 you're gone. Well, they give you the money straight away. I don't think they, there's any sort of scheme where you... The money gets put in a separate account and then it's untouchable until you reach a certain yeah. age. They just get the money. And, and obviously, think... I don't know how it works between the parents and the child. If the child has got a contract with the company, the parents are effectively voiceless. The kid just gets the money as and when they're, des- as and when they're designated to get it. Is, and that's what I say. Is, that, is, that, is it the time now where someone should step in and say, right, you can't talk to the kid directly? If they're under the age of 18... You can't speak to them. You have to go through the parents or a responsible adult of some sort. So that that that, that I say like an agent, but normally agents take the piss anyway. Well, the only con is the exploitation of the child and from the parents yeah. and the agents because that's, that's happened with a few. And I think yeah, and I, you, I, it needs to be someone who's going to be the mediator, basically. Someone who will go right. Okay, you can't do this. You, you can't exploit your child like this. Your child can't have that much money, and try and help them, and then you wouldn't have those issues. But no one seems to want to talk about that ever. No one wants to talk about the fact that you're giving kids a lot of money and then just leave them on their own, pretty much. I mean, what do you expect them to do? Yeah. We it, were talking about tasers earlier. We're adults. <laughs> if we get a taser, we're going to be tasering each other because yeah. we're, we're, you know, we're just silly people. Time, you know, what, what would we do if we all had $100 million yeah. to muck around with? We'd be like, oh, all right, if we buy the most expensive thing we can, we'll go on the Nuremberg track and we'll crash into one of the things. Yeah, we'll build it'll a cost track us like 10, You know, we'll pay for the damage or whatever. Yeah. Let's do something really stupid. You know, give us a taser and we're going to taser each other. You give these kids $100 million. They're going to do stupid, stupid stuff. Yeah. What do you expect? That, that Nuremberg track, is that similar to the Nuremberg ring? Yeah, that one. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know what it is. I've got $100 million. <laughs> But that's just the way it works. It's, it's definitely, I'm a huge believer that nurture and just your general experience until you reach like a certain age is the fundamental factor for you turning out to be the way you are. There are some cases where you're born with defects that cause you to have certain tendencies, particularly like psychopathic or serial killer things where you might have something wrong with the brain, with, with, with the way your brain works. But the, the thing for me about all of this is that when you look at a serial killer, and you go, okay, they were born with a genetic defect that was never identified. They were destined to be this person. When you have all that overwhelming evidence in front of you, people will still go, yeah, but they're terrible people. It's like, well, are they though? Yeah. They're a terrible person if you look at it. If they, may, if they were consciously doing that 
and they were sound of mind and they were killing people consciously, then yeah, they're a terrible person. But when you don't have the option to determine what's terrible or what isn't, you just you have this thing where you just have to kill people. You're born with this need to kill people. That's not it's not okay, sort of a existential thing where you can say, well, that's not them per se as a personality. That's their brain saying you have to do this because there's something fundamentally wrong. How do you say, well, are they a bad person? They're a good person. They were destined to be a killer and they became a killer. Can you label that person as a bad person? I agree. I was going to say, that. what about Hitler? Would he be classed as a bad person or would he just be... He was abused heavily as a child. Yeah. Terribly abused by his father. He loved his mum. His dad his dad beat him horrifically. So he, he was and when his of... mum died, he snapped yeah. and he became... So you can see that one. I mean, there's, there's quite a few, even like Queen, Queen Victoria. She was... Pretty evil, if you think about it. She conquered most of the Western world. So Brexit. <laughs> so would she? Would, would from an outside point of view, like British people and English people love Queen Victoria. I think she's one of the best queens ever. But from an outside point of view, she'd be classed as evil because she literally just took over the world, like the Americans try to do. Yeah, they tried to. They didn't succeed. No, they didn't. Brisket, but, <laughs> no. um, do you see what I mean? So It's the question when you see those types of situations. When you look at the news and they go, person A has murdered 20 people, you go, oh, that's a terrible person. Nobody looks into these situations anymore. <laughs> they go, yeah, Hitler was a terrible person. And I, I mean, no way condoning what he did. <laughs> but when you look at his life, what he went through, the traumas that he suffered, the horrific beatings and things he was subjected to that, by his the, father. The fact that the First World War completely destroyed his country that he was living in at the time, and he went through the First World War, so he was already traumatised from that. So that was adding to it as well. So, yeah, you could see that it was going to yeah. happen at some point. Yeah, right, sorry, both. I know you're uh, getting well into this now, but we need to sort of pull the plug on this now. So <laughs> does anybody want to particularly sum up nature or nurture? That was the question. Well, I think um, uh, Carl pretty be... much did that a second ago pretty well. Yeah, Pretty much mostly nurture. Yeah. Small percent nature. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't think you could ever purely say it was one that, or the other. Yeah. And yeah. you can never look at a king and go, that, that kid is definitely going to be a serial killer or not going to yeah. be a serial killer. You just can't okay. do that. Right. Good. Cracking conversation. It was a good topic. Yeah, it you, was bizarre, but good. I didn't think it'd go on that long, <laughs> it, but it was, yeah, the, excellent. To, to begin with, oh, sorry. Yeah, no, that's it. You're not saying anything else. <laughs> no. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Carl. Speak Thank next you. week. Cheers.